Uh, and this comes from a 19th century philosopher called Arthur Schopenhauer. And uh, what he wanted to tell us was that we're all like porcupines, okay? We've all got these quills on our back that hurt each other. Welcome. You're at OTR, Over the Rainbow, Achieving Mental Health for Real. This show is about real people battling real mental issues and experts with tips to help in the battle. If you want to know more, please check out the trailer. Your host is Bob Adelman and his notes about today's episode follows. Today's guest is award-winning psychiatrist Dr. Christian Heim, clinical psychiatrist and public speaker. His focus is on preventative mental health. We discuss many areas of his expertise, which includes ADHD, PTSD, ECT, transcranial magnetic stimulation, TMS, suicide prevention, and many more topics. So, here's Bob with the interview of Dr. Christian Heim. Hello, Christian. How are you today? I'm, I'm fine, thank you, Bob. Uh, it is, uh, I'm here in Sydney, Australia, where uh, it's raining a lot. But uh, we keep moving forward in this crazy world. Yes, we do. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about what you're all about and everything? Okay, sure, Bob. So uh, I'm a consultant psychiatrist. So I see people in hospitals. I also see people in the community. But before I was a psychiatrist, I was a musician. So I played in rock bands, but I also played classical music and I wrote music. So I learned a lot about people and putting new ideas together through writing music. And that's kind of stayed with me through my psychiatry career. And uh, Bob, what I like doing is meeting people and as far as possible, um, helping them find resources in themselves uh, and obviously using therapy and medications, but to bring something better out of uh, the situation that they're in. And as you know, Bob, that's not easy at all. No. I'm glad to hear that because I've been to a lot of doctors that really just went through the, you know, everyday thing and, and they didn't help. <laughs> so it's good. Yeah. It's good that you're interested in, in your patients. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that things didn't help, Bob. And uh, some of the things about modern psychiatry is we like to give people hope, but everybody has an individual situation. And so some people respond better than others do. Mm -hmm. And the message for everybody is to keep going, right. to keep finding uh, their hope and their pathway forward. That sounds good. Do um, you have a couple of podcasts? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I work uh, as a team with my partner, and uh, we've got a website, Dr. Christian Time, and uh, .com, and we, we also have a presence on YouTube, and there are some podcasts that we put out every fortnight. Uh, it'll be on a mental health topic. Uh, there are some podcasts in the past where I've uh, read through books or ideas uh, that I have written. Uh, and it's specifically designed for people to be able to live in better mental health. And uh, that's an issue for all of us because mental health cannot be taken for granted anymore. Uh, but basically, you'll, you'll find us on those platforms, on our um, uh, website, drchristianheim.com, 
uh, and on uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, and also on YouTube, Bob. Yeah, I'll um, write, put all of that in the description of the of the show, which I usually do. Thank you. So I have all the links. Yeah. the links for you. Um, yeah. How should we start? Um, you were going to ask me a question. Uh, yeah, Bob. So you've had you've had your journey through anxiety and depression. And I understand that that's ongoing, but what has helped you the most? There's a couple of things. Uh, my my sister got me through the real, real hard times when I was able to talk. <laughs> I mean, it was so bad that I was almost like crippled as far as like I, I couldn't move, but I, I couldn't do anything. Uh, so, so it's a real bad thing. And the shame is that there are other people, there must be other people that are getting this. And, and and if they get it, what do they do? I mean, do they give up? I mean, it's so easy to give up. Um, yeah. I really put this show together because of one person, which everybody that watches this or listens knows what I'm talking about. And he just sings about mental health. He has a song about like every type of problem, and it was exactly what I had, pretty much. Yeah. And so, for the first time in my life, I had validation, and I said to myself, "Even though I'm not a good talker, I don't have a good voice. I'm going to put it together a podcast, and I'm going to talk to people about how they recovered, and I'm going to also, if you go into." My famous episode four, <laughs> it, it's like, uh, it, it goes through my, uh, I guess you would call it a nervous breakdown. I Define that word for me, because I never knew what that really means, nervous breakdown. Is yeah. that just a catch-all? Nervous breakdown, yes. So, so that's basically a, a layperson's term to try to understand something that's very difficult to understand. So what a nervous breakdown uh, actually means, because the nerves don't actually break down. But that is the uh, term that's used by most people to describe what we psychiatrists would call a major depressive episode. Mm -hmm. That's what I call it. And uh, the idea of breaking down is that the person goes, you know what, I just can't go on. I just mm -hmm. can't continue with my life. Something has to change. Yeah, I was non-functional, and uh, I had to go back to work in like three weeks, and I wasn't ready, and I just, it just was so much suffering. Yeah. And I, I mean, it was, it was like I can't even be in my own skin. Yeah. It was like, I, I can't describe what it was like because it was so, so horrible. Your mind goes into all sorts of dark places. And it doesn't come out. It stays in the dark places. Uh, I spent six months in a major depression in 91, way back in 91. Doesn't seem that long for me. but um, And, uh, you know, finally I came out of it. Uh, I know other people use other means. I know yeah. they tried e ECT. I was in a hospital where a lot of people were getting ECT. What's your opinion on ECT? Uh, okay, so when I when I was first studying to become a psychiatrist, I was 
shocked to hear how much ECT was being used, but I was uh, more moved by the people who were begging for ECT because, look, I know that ECT has a checkered history. It's got a bad reputation. The only thing is that it remains our most effective treatment. So the thing is that ECT can be good if used in the right circumstances. And what I mean by that, Bob, is uh, a person can't just keep getting ECT and ECT and ECT because it has too many long-term side effects. But in the short term, for somebody to get a short course of ECT, I have seen it save lives. I have seen it bring people out of a depression so that they can work on things. And if ECT can be followed up by some kind of a talking therapy and a medication, I believe that is the best use. Um, well, the people that were getting it, I, some people were saying, oh, I lost memory. I have like that's right. Yeah, long term memory loss. That's right, and that does happen. Okay, and it's terrible. It, yeah. It's terrible, and that's why ECT is not for everybody. But uh, it's always looking at the risks versus the benefits. Right. And so I would I would say to people that if there is a way without ECT, then that's good. That's what you do. But uh, because I have worked with people who have been in very severe situations, um, I, have, I have recommended ECT and I have given ECT to people who ask it. And we, of course, talk about the bad reputation that ECT has. And, and Bob, ECT has changed even so much since the 1990s. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot lower doses being used. It's used a lot more safely. And the other development in uh, ECT, Bob, is that we're uh, developing a new technology to take over from ECT. And this is called TMS. We just seem to use these letters for some strange reason. But it's mm -hmm. called transcranial magnetic stimulation. And it does away with the, uh, the energy that's used in ECT. And it uses magnetism as well. And this is constantly being developed. At the moment, it's not recognized to be as beneficial as ECT, but it's getting there. And that's actually very exciting. Can you explain more about uh, the TMS procedure? Uh, what it is, is it's, uh, it's usually done uh, at a hospital or an outpatient setting. And uh, you go into this uh, machine that looks a bit like an old-fashioned hairdryer and it puts your brain into a magnetic field and it's usually kept there for about 45 minutes mm -hmm. every day for about 20 days. That's, that's the basis okay. of it. And the idea is to find something that is safer so that it doesn't have the memory side effects and it's a way of uh, getting... Uh, the same effects because the brain works with electric electricity and electrical energy. Okay. 
And so magnetism can have the same sort of effect. Have you heard about the uh, therapy? I don't remember the name of it. It's brand new and it involves, I believe, LSD, some kind of hallucinative drug. Have you heard of that? Uh, uh, I know that there are trials going on in all of this. And uh, and some of the trials are very beneficial, and for um, uh, for depression in particular, there are trials going on in psilocybin, LSD, and ketamine. Uh, but as far as uh, I know, they're all in the trial stage. And the thing is, Bob, what we're talking about is looking for answers in a very difficult area. Yes, for major, major depression. Yes, it is. Um, I've seen it. I see. I've been in the hospital. The people with bipolar disorder. I've interviewed yes. people on the show that had really serious. I mean, really high highs where they thought God was talking to them and everything. So it's pretty scary. It kind of makes my thing look like nothing. But um, so I, I'm searching. Big time searching. I had a show the other day. The way I look at it is that there's three layers to depression. The first layer is some kind of an addiction. And it could be any kind of an addiction. The second would be where you actually cover up your pain. Like people that cut themselves is a terrible example. Um, but and then the the last layer is the pain, is the guy, the demon. And I, I don't know how close I should go to my demons is what I'm saying. Because for me to get better, I don't know what it's going to take. You know, um, I, I'm content, but... I mean, for me to get nervous about everything, everything. So some people, some people find um, uh, find a lot of hope in Facebook groups uh, to connect with other people who are experiencing uh, very severe things that only the people understand, and they're able to exchange ideas, validate and support each other. And this is what I find is a good use of, um, of technology. Uh, and Bob, you, you say that you alienate uh, a whole lot of people through your ADHD. But the good thing about social media is you don't need to talk spontane spontaneously with people. You're able to just take a little bit of time before you respond, either by a text or by uh, voice so that you can think about what you want to say and type and just then get the message across that you want to. I am in the groups, um, but I never really responded that well to talk therapy or any kind of therapy. I, I, do, I do a little, um, one of the shows we had is called All Is Well. The guy said to when you get a bad thought, change the channel. And I've used that very successfully. But this is a monster that works overtime on you. 
And I think people know what I'm talking about. It works overtime on you. And some days I just can't fight it. Yeah, but the, but the thing is that um, uh, you don't want the same thing to keep happening. You don't want to keep going through doctors. Okay? And uh, whoever you are with at the moment, see what you can do to make it work. So if, if things get tough or you find that the relationship's breaking down, uh, do what you can to repair it and to say, look, I need somebody who is going to stick by me. Yeah. I have nobody on my side. But nobody on your side? No. There's really nobody on my side, and that's it. I mean, I lose my temper when I shouldn't, things like that. I don't hit or abuse. But when somebody hurts me, I mean, I love my kids. Yeah. And when they do something that I think was bad, it hurts me to the core. Yes. My, my daughter won't speak, talk, write anything to me now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what the, uh, I'm toxic is what they told her. That, yeah. You know, I'm toxic. They should stay away from me. Yep. Okay. Bob, I want to tell you a small story uh, about the human condition, about the situation that we're all in. Uh, and this comes from a 19th century philosopher called Arthur Schopenhauer. And uh, what he wanted to tell us was that we're all like porcupines, okay? We've all got these quills on our back that hurt each other. And so when we start getting closer and closer together, it means that we will start wounding each other with these quills. And it hurts. And it makes us all angry. And the point of the story is that often the people that love you the most are the ones that can hurt you the most. That's true. Now, as a doctor, I'm convinced that your children love you and that they would love to get closer to you. But it hurts. And so as a result, you hurt them and they hurt you. But that's not what anybody wants. People want to know how to get the love without being hurt by the quills. I've offered counseling. I've offered sessions where they can come and talk to me with a counselor. Yeah, but it's, it's, the problem is not in them and the problem is not in you. The problem is in the relationship. And it's like sometimes we've all got to do what we can to keep our quills away, to keep those spikes away. And, Bob, this is why I'm encouraging you to stick with one doctor because when you learn uh, what it is about the relationship with that person that's working then you can use that in your relationships with other people. Right. And, um, and you're in a difficult situation. You're in a very difficult situation because you have mental illness that has not responded to treatment and where people have tried and it's still there. Mm -hmm. And that's a very difficult situation to be in. I mean, it's responded. Uh, I don't want to be negative here because it's responded. I have moments 
of happiness, moments that I never had before. But, but when you weigh the bad with the good at the end of the day, you know, the bad is just that, that much worse to me. I mean, maybe it's a matter of changing my mind and, and being more positive and all of that, but I mean, I think a lot of people are frustrated uh, that that there isn't more talk about this, that there has to be a stigma, that you'd rather go drink and yeah. drug instead of getting proper medicine and care. This is the people I'm trying to reach, the people that are giving up, the people yes. that don't know what to do next. And I I don't want to give up, but I also want to be honest and let them know that there's demons on my back, and it hurts. That's actually that's actually a good way to put it, <clears throat> that there are demons on your back, because that's what it feels like. They are, and they're there, and they're they're whispering. That's right, Bob. You can't that's do exactly that. right. Bob, and you so can't, you can't do it when when you feel that, then the question becomes, what needs to happen? for me to be able to go through life with demons on my back, okay? Because you have tried to get rid of these demons. And so the question is, what will make me strong enough to carry these demons and keep moving through life? That's a million-dollar question. And, okay, so there's a, there's a therapy called acceptance and commitment therapy. Okay. And it has this technique. And you imagine that you are in, uh, you're on the east coast of the USA and you're sailing towards England. The trouble is, there are all these sea monsters in the water. And you go through them in your boat. And it looks like they're attacking you. But you want to get across there to England. So the technique is to grab the sea monsters, throw them on the deck of your ship, and bring them along with you. And when they start acting up, and I, I don't want to trivialize what's happening to you, Bob, because I know the demons that you're describing can be absolutely horrible, but they're going to come to England with you. And it's like you tell them that they have to behave themselves, or you give them jobs to do. But the technique firstly gets you to accept the demons rather than to fight them. Well, I was told that that that, that once uh, you feel that they're there right next to you, and you can let them escape from your body. That yes. they want to leave, but you keep them there. That's what I was told. Okay. What do you think about that? I think it's probably true. I'm a, I'm a, I'm probably afraid. I'm afraid of being happy. Okay. There's no doubt about that. I'm afraid to be happy. I'm afraid You're to afraid be to happy. happy. I trade my joy for my protection. That's what NF says. Okay. Okay. And what do you think about that? What do you want to do about that? That's the that? thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Um, we're searching together. I mean, this this is the journey that you're talking about. I'm taking it with my audience. Yes, that's right. They're looking for answers. 
I thought. They're looking for answers. I'm looking for yes. answers. Yes, this is the journey. And I tell you, sometimes we just, we there are none. I don't know. Okay. Uh, okay, so the last part of this story of sailing towards England with the demons on deck is that you need to be captain of that ship, which means that you need to be boss in your brain, which means that what you say goes. And if they're coming with you, then they've either got to do something useful or they've got to sit there. But you keep sailing towards England. So what that means is probably to keep searching for an answer. Because you already told me that you're not going to give up. And that's fantastic. That's already a very good decision that you've made, Bob. It, it, I'm um, the only reason I'm here is because I'm resilient. And I happen to have... Yes, that's I, right. I've, I've been blessed with a brain that can think really well and analyze things. But in the same light, yeah. when I get into a crowd, oh, my God, forget it. Just forget it. Just forget crowds. Forget three people, even. I could only talk to one person. Because what'll happen? Here's what happens. I'll go in a bar with a person. I don't drink anymore, but I used to. I'll go in a bar with a person. Another person would come in, and that's the end of my talking. They would talk to them the whole night, and I would sit there. And this happened over and over and over with me. Not just to one person, to any person. I mean... So, so through that, you say, at the moment, I am a person who can speak to one person. Right. And your aim is to eventually be able to speak with two people. Oh, I can. I, I can put on an act, okay? But I feel like unbelievably horrible. But it's like I—it's like yeah. I'm two people. One is inside dying, and the other one is outside acting. I acted. You are yeah. you familiar with neurotypical and neurodiverse? Those are new terms that they try to. I think it's good. I mean, I am neurodiverse. And I tried all my life to be neurotypical, and I can't. I have to accept that I'm neurodiverse. But I've accepted it, but no one else will accept My kids will not accept the fact that I have ADHD. They keep telling me I'm just a narcissistic uh, personality disorder. And yeah. I've talked to so many people in ADHD groups that say, oh, no, none of my family understands. Nobody knows. And I, and I grew yeah. up with World War II parents who didn't have a clue about mental health. And you know what? Yeah. I'll be frank with you. I think I'm autistic, even. Because I, I, can't, pay I can't pay attention. I can't. Read. I can't. Right. Okay. It's like I can't function like a normal person. Okay. And my kids are saying, okay, you can't function like a normal person. We're leaving. We don't want you here. Okay. Then, then Bob, it becomes more important 
for you to build a relationship with a doctor that you can trust so that you can start moving forward. Right. And the good thing about a relationship with a doctor is that that only has to be one person talking to one person. Right. Well, you so, know, so now they separate. I'm sorry, they separate psychiatrists from counselor now. I like the, the other way where they were one person, but now they do that. So I have to find two people probably. Um, I've got I've gone to groups, twelve step groups, and you know I got all I could out of them. Maybe I should go back. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, I've been by myself with a cat, well, for a year without a cat, and another year with a cat, as my kids ran away from me. So I've been pretty much alone for two years. I'm like that guy from the movie uh, Castaways. I talk to myself. I talk to objects. I, I talk to the cat. So, which, I, by the way, I heard was very healthy. If you're alone, you, you should talk to yourself. But I don't know. Yeah. And and. So did you say that there was a group that you could go back to? I could probably go to a 12-step group. Uh, I used to go to Codependence, Codependence Anonymous. Yep, yep. Yeah, okay. it, was, it was good. I, I recommend it to people all the time. Okay, then then I recommend that you, you do that, Bob, because there is so much gold in repairing a relationship or to take an opportunity that is there. Right. Because you can build on that to move forward because you told me that you weren't going to give up. Yeah. I mean, I would have gave up a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I lost my daughter. who's the most precious thing in the world. Now she's gone for, I don't know, ever. And I'm not the only one. I, I, I had people on this show. I had a guy on this show in January. He was homeless for a while and his daughter's, all disowned them. Yeah. So I'm I'm not the only person in this boat. Um, I don't know how we can get the word out and say, hello, we're here, we're different, but it's okay. I don't know how we can get that word to people. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't believe it. Unless yeah. you went through it, unless you go through it, no one believes it. Because it just looked, Looks like a cancer yeah. flaw. So, will you get to talk to your daughter at all? No. Okay. We were at a party for my grandchild. She's one years old. God bless her. She took the posture of my... It's like I have two wives now. Because my wife was there. And she never talks to me. Now, she's... Now, my daughter's there, and she won't talk. Yeah. Okay, because the question to ask people is what do I need to do to be able to talk to you? I, I, asked, I asked her that several times. What do you want yes. from me? What do you want me to do? And it appears that she just doesn't want me to do anything. She wants to forget about me. Okay. So it becomes a really hard thing to manage. Um, and I... And I'm not the only one in this boat. Like I said, there's other people. 
No, that's uh-huh. right. You're not the only one in this boat. That's right. There are other people. Everybody wants to say, oh, you're neurodiverse. Quit putting the name on it. Forget about it. Just, you know, go on with yeah. your life. But then I'll go to the next function and people won't talk to me and whatever. I mean, the only time I ever had a social life was when I drank. Because once I had like six beers or six drinks, I, I yeah. went up to 11 drinks. I'm yeah. a very big person. Once I was in that, then fine. The demons are gone for now. They come back the next day. But, you know, there's no answer in, in drinking or drugging. So and that's right. I don't do any of that. That's right. Yeah. You can't change other people. We can't make your daughter talk to you. We can't make anybody talk to you. And that's and that's a difficult yeah. lesson that you can't change other people. So, well, that's why I I agreed to leave, and I'm going to live with a, a friend of mine. Okay. So I won't be alone all the time. Do you get together with this friend of yours? Yeah, she comes down every once in a while. We're kind of whatever dating type yeah. of thing. She lost her husband in a, ter- a terrible car accident. Yeah. About two years ago, and. She used to be in CODA with me. That's how I, I knew her. And we became, like, you know, so yes. attached in, in, in the brain, you know. Uh, she has terrible ADHD. I mean, worse than me. She loses everything. I mean, <laughs> she buys a new phone because she lost her phone. Yeah. So, I know why it's frustrating for people to put up with, you know, neurotypical, neurodiverse people. I know why it's frustrating, but please, guys, hang in there. I mean... Yes. I mean, it's not right. Say all the time that we're an oppressed minority. Schools aren't made for us. I didn't learn in school. Yeah. So... But this is... The kind of message, I, you know, I didn't mean to talk so much. I'll probably cut a lot of it out. But I just want to find answers. I want to find out what what okay. do I got to do. What do I got to do? Because I'll do anything. But I didn't mean to take this in my direction. My kids will tell me I'm a narcissist and all that. I did take it in my direction. But guess what? There's a hundred million people behind me. That's right. This rap artist says, you're not alone. You aren't alone, he says. That's right. That's right. You aren't alone. There are many people in your situation. And as you said, you're not going to give up. But the, the, the thing that I'm encouraging you to do is to stick with one doctor, as difficult as that may be, so that you end up with an ally, which means somebody on your side, to find the right way forward for you. I don't know. It's just, I just think that there there needs to be somebody that steps up and says, quit treating these people unfairly. Stop it. I don't know. Am I wrong? Well, the thing is that um, that answer 
puts the ball in somebody else's court and they may not play. So in other words, if you make your progress dependent on somebody else, then you won't be able to move forward. But if, if you say, what can I do? And uh, I actually think the best thing is to keep a relationship with a doctor, then you'll be able to move forward for yourself. Right. Because we can't change other people. No. That's, that's a worldwide problem. But to grow up from day one with basically yeah. no chance. Yeah. I had no chance. None. And people look at me and go, how come you're all by yourself? What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know? And, and you know how many places I worked at where they abused me to death? Yeah, and you see, when you uh, when you ask questions as to why this happens, then you're asking questions that we just don't have the answers to, and that's really difficult. Well, there is basically an answer where your brain is wired differently, and that causes all this, all these yeah. things to happen to you. I mean. My brothers were bullies. My father was a bully. Thank God for my sister. But, I mean, maybe I'm a bully, but I was bombarded. Yeah. When I, when I grew up, I remember growing up and thinking, wow, my, my brother's really weird, and he's not too nice. And guess what I discovered later on? I'm the weirdo. He's the nice... Everybody loves him. Oh, okay. I'm the weirdo. In that, yeah. So that's what I discovered in, in, when I was growing up. And it never stopped up until yeah. the day I quit work. The guy at work in the last place I worked called me a clown. And this is similar to what um, was said on my show in the uh, Scars Run Deep episode. <laughs> Just plugging it, but not really. But um, I don't even remember his name. I can't remember my own name. He, he was saying the same thing. Look, I'm on the job for two weeks and they hate me. I mean, they figure me out. I had a better, I had a better good, uh, disguise. I knew how people were. And I mimicked them exactly when I had to. But... You know, it's like living on eggshells your whole life. Yeah. So all I want to do with this program is those things that you talked about that you want to tell people to keep going. Yes. I mean, if I could keep going, anybody can keep going. You know, I'm an effing mess. Well, and And somewhere down the road, something good can happen. I mean, something could happen That's to me. Right. I got medicine that agreed with me 100% and made me feel 100% right. better. It didn't take the demons away. But yes. guess what? I am now functional, fully functional. <laughs> and Okay, well, that's fantastic. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Bob, you keep working in the direction that you're working because what you're doing is useful. And 
you may be more functioning than you used to be, and that's already good. And as you said, there are some moments that you get here and there when you feel that you are happy. So you don't know when that next moment is going to come, but you want to be ready for it. Uh, So at, at every moment, the question in life is, what can I do to keep going to keep looking for those moments. Yeah, and, and I said he wants to wake up in the morning and be happy and mean it. Yeah. He wants to be happy and mean it. And, and another song he has, Why Can't They Love Me Back? Yeah. So so I'm not alone. No, that's right. I'm not alone. That's right. We're, we're sensitive people. We get hurt very easily. And... We lash out when we're hurt. I know I do. Yes. Um, and and then I'm sorry. It's like I'm sorry I yelled. I'm sorry I said something inappropriate. And I just had a fight with my son yesterday about because I had mentioned something about him making a lot of money, and then he he wouldn't let me go to his house. So he he just I'm the enemy. Yeah, and I don't know how not to be the enemy. I do, it's like I'm in quicksand. The more I try to repair that relationship, the worse it gets. Yes, these relationships. Yes, to the point where both boys hate me, and my girl has disowned me. Yeah, but if you get the experience of doing something right, it's like you then capture that to say, oh, I did something right. And you ask yourself, what did I do right? So that you can do more of that. So that little by little. Yeah, and I do. Okay, that's good. You, you, you'd be amazed how much I can change the channel now. Because my, my voices are very sophisticated. They know exactly where to strike. Yes. So what I say to myself is, No. I may be wrong, you may be right, that I'm incompetent, but no, stop it. I deserve to have some happiness. I don't deserve to be bugged by by demons all my life. So I I say to them, no, no. And it works. Okay, that's good. I don't know if it'll work for anybody else. works for me. Okay, that's good. So that's a bit like being the boss of the ship, okay? You have to say no. Yeah. But but my problem is I just don't know how to deal with life in, in a sense. I I don't know what I'm trying to say is I, I just don't know why. You know? Yes. Why? I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, the why question is very difficult to answer. Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know what I want. That's the problem. I don't know what I want, and I think a lot of people are like that. They no, don't know what they want. That's fine, Bob, but keep looking. Keep looking. While you have life, you have hope. Never give up and keep looking. Yeah, I mean, those, those are great words and advice. Um, 
But uh, I just wanted to leave you some time at the end if, if you want to talk to my audience and and tell them, you know, that it's, that you have to hang on. Yes. I have to have Okay, I'll do that now, Bob. Sure. So, so after this talk with Bob, what I want people to understand is that we do not have the answers to a lot of life's questions, but we do still have life. And when there is life, there is hope. And so you keep looking. You keep looking for an answer. You keep looking for a pathway forward. And there are only two main questions that I believe will help when you're at this situation. And they are, number one, what works? What helps? And then can I do more of that? And the other question is, what's not helping? Well, I've got to do a bit less of that. And with a combination of those two questions, trying to do more of what works and less of what doesn't, then maybe, just maybe, tomorrow might be a little bit better than today. Well said. Thanks for well listening, put. everybody. Thank you, Bob. Take care.